phone at home and still didn't go down. How lucky is that? Oh. On this week's show, staying up in the National League South despite losing to Weymouth, we hear from Dover Athletic boss Mitch Brundle. We didn't do it. Yeah, that's got to be clarified. We didn't. We didn't stay up. Chippenham done us a favour um, because we didn't win our game. Promotion secured by a last-minute penalty. Steve O'Boyle reflects on Phoenix Sports' success. I've won leagues and I've won promotions before, but the way we won it and whatever, by far the best. Heartbreak for Hyde as they look come up short in the playoff final. We hear from manager Steve Watts. I just thought it was a game too far. I'm being honest, I thought the second half, I thought we were a better team second half. Obviously, Whitehawks got the lead and we've, we've got the good areas, but we've not. The ball just didn't bounce for us in the right way. To... And joy for Lidtown. Mickey Doyle tells us about their promotion and his hopes for next season. I think we're more than capable. I think we've proved it time and time again in the FA bars. We've played deal in the cup and beat them. We've just got to make sure we're consistent. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham, Plumbing and Heating. We've got four interviews for you this week, two promoted managers, one beaten in a playoff final and one lucky, lucky one who has stayed in the National League South. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who's very much upset two cats by using this usual workspace to record the show. And on the line now is a man whose dog is hopefully primed and ready to do better than his football team usually do at the weekend. Matt Gerard, how are you? Good mate, yes. Yeah, not bad at all. Uh, we're ready for the big weekend. Treats have been placed strategically in the pocket ahead of the uh, big uh, big competition this weekend. And uh, hopefully, as you say, that I can get a result of the weekend, which I haven't really done much otherwise. Uh, just just mark everybody's cards. Uh, what time is this dog show and uh, what heckles will your dog answer to best? Uh, 12 till 2 it, it is. Um, and basically, we're just going to have... Um, treats in the pocket and see what happens. got no idea if, if she's likely to bark at anybody who comes close, probably the big, the judges. But we'll see. But again, all I want is a rosette. If she comes last, we're getting a rosette. That's like a win-win for me. Absolutely. And I suppose after the weekend, which we will talk about very, very shortly, uh, any wins a win and coming home with a trophy would be uh, absolutely marvellous for you. Yeah. So, uh, looking, Yeah. Yes, absolutely. How was your bank holiday? I, I, I had a bit of a... Uh, it, was, it was quite good, actually, my, my bank holiday. I was off for a couple of days. So, uh, yeah, living the dream. Not so much this weekend. Uh, but uh, the weekend just gone was, was very nice and the weather wasn't too bad either, was it? But we tripped to uh, Whitstable. We went on there on uh, Monday for that. A lot of people around. I'm sure I saw in my normal non-league spotting Tom Bradbrook wandering around Whitstable. Uh, it looked like him. That's my thing. I, I'm previous to when I went to Whitstable. I saw Roland Edge. There you go. I do look out for sad non-league footballers from there. But my wife did actually see, they went to Margate on Saturday when I was at football, and Russell Tovey was wandering around Margate. So they were, if you know who Russell Tovey is. I do. And I really, really hate to say this to both Tom Bradbrook and Roland Edge. Both nice blokes. Both have been on this podcast. But Russell Tovey is a more impressive celebrity spot than either of those two. Well, but I didn't see that. But my, yeah, that, they did spot it. For them. And Russell Tovey was on the one show today as well. So wow. he was he was running around Margate, Russell Tovey. So there you go. But I didn't see that because I was quite in my nails at football on Saturday. <laughs> um, didn't go to the uh, the... Cup final on Monday in Whitstable. Then you didn't see loads of people knocking around for that. Uh, well, I didn't realise that. Um, there was a cup of the final. Did I check the score? 
and it was Whitstable, but it was very busy in Whitstable, as it always is, and it's always a nice place. But I think there was a, there was a lot of runners there. I think it must have been some sort of running. I think yeah, there was, there was a lot of runners there, but that was about it, really. Uh, well, obviously, uh, people, people don't know. I, I grew up in Whitstable, uh, so uh, very much still thoughts of home. And uh, someone who I care very much about uh, happens to love the place as well. So we are going to visit at some point uh, yeah, in yeah. the future. And, you know, if you saw me walking down the street, I'm sure that would be as impressive as seeing Russell Tovey. So, uh, you know, if I, if you do see me in the county, you're more than welcome to come and say hello. Um, you wouldn't ask my autograph oh. because my handwriting is absolutely terrible. Well, yeah, right, right. We haven't really seen anybody else famous for a while in Margate, so um, um, yeah, it's um, yeah. They were pleased to see him. I quite like Russell Tovey, so uh, uh, his dog didn't wasn't that interesting in our dog. So we, they, they, if I was there, I might have said hello, but my wife wouldn't do things like that. We had uh, obviously plenty of uh, celebrities knocking around my my work. Uh, saw Gunther Steiner the other day. Do you know who that is? No idea. So he is the team principal of uh, Haas F1, uh, and he has made, he is basically the star of Formula One Drive to Survive. Oh, right. uh, and he's got a book out, so he was doing the rounds promoting that. And uh, so it's funny because he was obviously, because he's a visitor, he has to go through security. So he's getting shown through security. So I just stroll on by with my pass and just march on up the stairs. Um, but yes, yeah, so that was my... Uh, my latest celebrity spot. Uh, anyway, it's our 255th episode this week, and that is a big number in the world of computing. So as this is Matt Gerald's area of expertise, I'm going to hand over to Matt. Tell me all about 255, Matt. Uh, it's, uh, isn't it the 32K bit, something from that, isn't it? It's 255, 256 uh, meg memories, do you stuff know what? like that. You've done, you've done better than I was expecting there, because 255 is the maximum value representable by an eight-digit binary number. Probably, yeah, Therefore, yeah, eight-bit right. stuff in computers could only go as far as 255. Yeah, uh, yeah. Apparently, level 255 of Pac-Man is impossible for this exact reason, uh, and I wonder if that's why, back in the day, my dad battled through to the last level of a game we had on the Spectrum called Arkanoids, and after a lot of effort to get there, something just spat out bits at him and killed him straight away. Uh, but yeah, quite interesting. Um, is the Nintendo Switch still in vogue at Gerard Towers? Uh, not for a while, but we realised the um, games, it's broken, so we can't actually put the game cards in. So the games that are um, downloaded will work, but other ones don't. So we need to get that fixed. So yeah, so we've had it three years now. So we, you know, we quite haven't played Mario for a car. We do like a bit of Mario, but we tried to play it. Realised the game, the game card's got it, so um, we need to get it repaired. Uh, talking of uh, Mr. Mario, you mentioned the other week you went to see the film. What did you think yeah. of it? It was okay. It, it, it was clever because it was all about the, it, like the games, how they did everything. So yeah, it was yeah. If you've never, if, if I hadn't played Super Mario Kart or anything like that, or knew about it. About it would completely go over my head but it, it wasn't too bad a film to be honest so i quite enjoyed it i wasn't bored or i didn't fall asleep i think i might fall asleep for t- 10 minutes maybe because i was in the cinema but uh it, it was at five o'clock in the afternoon and i'll do like a kip now and again but it wasn't too bad yeah the kids enjoyed it yeah yeah I, i'd watch it again if it came back on, on, on the streaming channels i went to see it on monday and I absolutely bloody loved it. What right. a film, honestly. It was for someone of, of my age who I would have been, the first time I would have played Super Mario would have been the, the original Super Mario Brothers. And I got the NES for Christmas 1990. That would have made me nine. And I loved that game. I then got Super Mario 2, I got Super Mario 3, loved all of them. I got 
Super Mario 64, when that came out on the N64, loved it. And that game took me back to those days. Uh, that film took me back to those days. The music was brilliant. The, uh, the you know, the, it was just so clever. And it was, it was amazing, really, because after the film, I was like, surely everyone's been raving about this. And like, um, punters, and it's grossed a billion dollars, hasn't it, in the, in the box office. The punters are absolutely raving about it. They say it's absolutely fantastic. But the critics are, didn't like it. Like about mixed reviews, about fifty percent, I think the the reviews were. And I don't. I, I just think it's some of the things the critics were saying were just so pointlessly harsh. It's like you do you do just make a living out of just saying rubbish things. Um, hello, Kent Only Podcast. Um, but you know, I thought as as a viewer, the film was absolutely brilliant. Um, went with um Fee's two nephews who uh, are nine and seven, and they loved it as well. And, yeah, I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. And I came out of it with a with a really big smile on my face. And do you know what? The, the one thing I thought was, I said to my dad when I spoke to him today, you'll bloody love that as well, because he's always loved Mario too. And uh, I yeah, think it's it going to be clever, on Netflix. Clever. I thought it was clever. Clever, I did it. I think it's going to be on Netflix later in the year. So uh, my my mum and dad will be watching it when that becomes available, I am sure. Let's get on with the show then. And I suppose there's not much football to discuss, but what there has been has been crucial. And we will start with Dover Athletic, who, well, let's just say that the footballing gods don't hate them just as much as we thought. Uh, a point for them would have been enough to secure their survival. But as it was, they lost to Weymouth 2-0 at Cravel, allowing the Terrors to leapfrog them to certain safety. So it was all eyes on Dulwich, where the home side just couldn't find the lever. I understand it was a great double save late on. Uh, and they were beaten 1-0 at home by Chippenham, who are now surely every Dover fan's second team. After the game, Matt spoke to White's boss Mitch Brundle and started by asking him about his overriding emotions on the day. Yeah, that's the main thing. You know, it's still disappointment, obviously, um, of our performance in the game. You know, we didn't manage the situations, the game plan. Um, some people... Some players, the nerves got the better of them, and we know that the young kids, some of them, you know. So, so we have to, we have to do that. But like I said, it doesn't. And we've got experienced pros in there, like Stuart Nelson, Lee Martin, um, and they, they're the ones that are buzzing more than the others because they know it doesn't matter how you do it, as long as you do it. Like you said, we've, we've got a chance now to still be in the National League South um, next year. And yes, it does need a complete reboot. I, I do understand the fans, fans' frustration, but um, my emotions at the minute are hard to describe. Uh, my emotions on the side, mentally, physically. Um, it, it's, it's because the club means so much to me, you know. It's, it's, I, had a, I had a ball in my throat as soon as that whistle went and I knew that they was done. Um, it's emotional, you know, it's a complete emotion. I've got every interest to do the best for this football club um, from top to bottom. You know, it felt like a proper football game to start of the game. We had loads of fans in. It was, it was just, it felt like back to the old days. Um, and we need to try and reciprocate that next year. We need to try and get as many fans through the door and make it this place that it used to be. You know, it was a, um, I don't want to sound like I'm being very negative, but. It, you can see how easy it is for clubs to go back-to-back -back relegations because there's a lot of still um, 
confidence that's not there lingering in the Losing club. Losing mentality this club's had for a couple of years. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and it's hard to get out of that. You've seen teams go from league championship down to conference league in the space of three years and you've seen back-to-back relegations happen all the time because it's hard to knock that mentality out. Um, we should have done it a lot sooner. That's why I don't think our celebrations were as... It wasn't like a... Like Are you surprised you got into, you know, March time, you probably, we probably said you needed, what, five points? You got those five points, but it's taken you 12 games to get there. I've always said, um, and you, you, you know, I've always said we're not safe until everyone's relegated, and that is, uh, I'll stick by that. There was talking about today, Crystal Palace and, and West Ham's chance of going down a zero point, whatever percent it was. It don't matter as a manager, you can't, you can't think in that sense because you just don't know when your bad runs coming. You know, we had a couple of suspensions, we lost our rhythm, and we didn't have the good enough players to be able to to, to get results in them games. You know, we lost to a lot of teams in the bottom, beat some teams in the top. We beat Braintree, it's a vital win now when you look back at it. Um, 3-1 there and then all of a sudden you're looking at you're looking at the table, you're waiting for you're waiting for the results on the side of the pitch and you're counting down the minutes. Um, I've just got to say, um, Chippenham, I love you. <laughs> um, it's one of our biggest things. But you know, fair play to them. They came here, they was on a winning momentum, they've 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 picked up of late. Um, and it's, it's it's relief, you know, for both both sides and the manager. And I thought um, both sides were very very respectful to each other um, in terms of we knew how important the game was. Um, and listen, they done a great escape, and ours is not a great escape. It's just a disappointing end to the season. Do you think you'll be given the opportunity to to take the club forward next season? Yes, we've he's obviously we've already spoke about next season. Um, we, we just didn't know we haven't spoke about um, budgets or anything because we just didn't know what league you know you can't I don't like to jump the gun and say yeah we're going to be safe no, I want to know the budget for this no um, it's going to be a very busy summer um, there's a lot of recruitment to do um, how many of those players in that dressing room there's nobody contracted will be here next, start the next first game of next season if it was up to you um, not many I don't want to disclose actual figures and numbers. I don't think it's fair on the players. Um, I don't think it's fair, you know, as a, as a whole. It's very disrespectful. I'm not that type of person, but um, some of them haven't performed. The, the level's not been... They've not been had their levels. Some of them will move on and some of them will go. You know, there's some people that have performed well and can hold their heads high. Um, but, listen, it's irrelevant of what all of that is going on now. Today is just about dealing with... <laughs> knowing the fact we're still in this league is my happiest um, my biggest achievement so far to date in my football career is keeping this club in the National League and I know people will say well you should have already been saying yes but we wasn't and we went down to the final wire the final points that we've won actually mean a lot um, the, the unbeaten run we went on meant a lot you look back at the whole season as a whole today wasn't good enough um, didn't want to concede the first goal you know they have to come beat us um, and we had players in there that just uh, the occasion got to them, um, and I tried to before tried to be very calm and say, "Don't play the occasion, play the game." Um, we created chances. We had to well, hit the crossbar, kind of cleared off the line. I just felt like it wasn't going to be one of them days again for us, which we haven't had because we've not had clinical finishes, um, and that'll be first on my shopping list. The club, you know, you see other clubs like Everton this time last year. They were celebrating, all staying up. Look where they are now. This has got to be a turning point for the club, isn't it? Saving by the skinniest of margins. Yeah, and, and you know what it is? We didn't do it. 
and that's got to be clarified. We didn't we didn't stay up. Chippenham done us a favour um, because we didn't win our game. That we we could have won this game, and then yes, then it's down to us. We didn't have that. We didn't have that in us. But like I said, it's irrelevant. Everything about the game, everything about. I, I will still look at the game because it's a learning curve for me. Uh, being put in your first job and surviving on the final day with 20 seconds to go, um, and you're losing two 0 and it just shows. Um, and I've learned a lot. You know, I've learned a lot of how to deal with certain situations, um, not being as ruthless. And you, you, you've got this generation, this day and age of players. You, they're they're not built like they was used to be. You know, they, you, you've got to, you've got to be able to get into their minds. You know, it's, it's it's just this day and age football. You hear a lot of people talk about it. Um, it's all about the wash bags and the, the headphones and how good my boots and socks look rather than rolling your sleeves up and play and we have to go and get some um, who are going to do that because Dover teams always have been like that I just hope we can get this club now I hope that's a blessing in disguise in terms of if we've left it to the wire someone up there is looking down on us and we've had a bad fortune the club's had bad fortune over the last few years and maybe that's our little grace now when we, we can start and kick and move on we talked a good game there, Matt. Um, but as you said, Dover didn't do anything on Saturday. It was all down to Chippenham. Uh, as a Dover fan and a Dover reporter, h- how do you feel about it? Or, and, and I suppose a couple of days after the event, how, how are you feeling about it all generally? Um, terrible season. Um, terrible recruitment. Um, thank goodness it's over. We got terribly lucky. We needed one point from our remaining six games. We lost all six. We've got no strikers. Um, there's not many players from that team I would keep. Um, looks like the budget will be less than last year. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if we if, if we fast forward a year, if we're going to be in the same situation. But I think, you know, budgets are all well and good. If you recruit well... I think he can be successful because there's probably teams in Dover's league who have a better, a lower budget than Dover and who've done better than Dover this season because they've recruited correctly. Dover have not, since the last three, four years, um, recruitment's been absolutely terrible. Um, I know they've got issues off the pitch. Um, I think Jim um, Parmenter's got to try and galvanise the support in some way so they get more people through the gates. People came on Saturday, it was a decent crowd, decent following from Weymouth as well, and people were, were up for it. But, you know, people will only come if, if if you're successful or looking to be successful. And I think I worked it out that in the last two seasons, so what's that, 90 games, Dover scored like 75 goals. So... You know, it, it's got to change at some point. And maybe the luck they had on Saturday, Weymouth were considerably better than Dover. Um, so hopefully it's it's a sliding doors moment that Dover right can move on. And, and again, I'm not expecting Dover to be win every game, be successful, get promoted back. But you want to be proud of your football club and over the last two years really, really haven't. So it's... You know, you know, it's just one of those things, isn't it? You just football's um, cyclical, maybe, and we've had this problem before. We went down the leagues and we came back up again. But yeah, a season of just finishing mid-table, not having to worry, would be nice. Scoring a few goals, um, 
But I think a big summer. It'll be interesting to see what Jim Palmer does about the manager. Um, I quite like Mitch Brundle. He talks a good game. But I think if Dover got to be successful, they've got to give him a bit of experience to get with him and get to get the recruitment right. Because if the recruitment's not right, they'll they'll struggle again next season. I guess I said to Canterbury City manager Dan Lawrence last week, the hope that that's the low point. Do you hope that, you, you said sliding doors moment, do you hope this is the low point for, for Dover? I know you've been lower before, but do you hope that now you've you've had this escape this is it. This is this is the low, and now things can only get better. And, and you know, I have written down: Is Mitch Brundle the man? You know, he talks a good game. He's very passionate. You know, to hear someone say, as he said there, you know, I love this football club, and it means so much to me. That's what you want to hear from your manager. But he's got to get results on the pitch. And I would imagine if he does stay on, which uh, the early in- indications were that he would do, but we don't know what's going to happen after the run that Dover have been on. But I would suggest if he does stay on, he's got to start well. Well, <laughs> they've got to make a decision. Even if they start bad, you've got to keep with him, with the players in. Because we don't want to get the same process, you know, a bit like Maidstone. Maidstone in a difficult situation. We'll get on to them later. But, you know, if this is his team, bring it in. If the budget, which is rumoured to be half of what it was for, uh, this season, uh, is going to be for next season, I don't know what Dover's budgeting. It's not, it's not particularly good, but you're just getting your recruitment right. Get your players in at that. You know, P players will come for money, but Dover can attract people, you know, for the club. The key thing is getting the right manager, if Mitch Pundle is the right manager, but the recruitment's right. I, I would, pro- for me personally, um, taking out the youngsters, I would probably keep two out of the whole squad. The players last season, the ones that played two, um, because the recruitment has been so bad. There's no, um, there's nothing in that team, um, apart from what I think both fullbacks are decent, but the rest of them, um, just not good enough, uh, or don't have the work ethic or the hunger for the club, and that's what somehow we need to get back. Jim Palmer did speak to you to, to Radio Kent um, after the game. You can hear bits of that on the on the Sports Hub uh, if you want to look that up on BBC Sounds. Uh, and he said some very interesting things as well. And we talk about the budget, Matt. Um, where do you think, out of the 24 teams in that division, where do you think the budget was? And, and where would you expect it to be next season? Um, start of the season, mid-tape, 14th, 15th. It's cut again. People saying it's going to be a bottom four budget, uh, but I'm sure there's sides in this division. You know, Dulwich didn't have a bottom four budget. I'm absolutely convinced. So there will be a side that had a bottom four budget that managed to survive last season, uh, this season, and that's what David needs to do. You've got to got to get the get that right. It's interesting. George Nikaj scored a lot of goals for Ashford when he was on loan to two levels below. Played the National League and he struggled, really struggled, not strong enough. So for me, there's always players out there who can jump up to the level. It'll be interesting if Dover, if they've seen how it struggled, didn't work out for Nikaj, will they try and get players who know this level? Uh, or are they going to get players released from football league clubs 
youngsters and see if they can do. But they did they did have some experience this season. I don't think they were particularly successful. So it's all about getting the recruitment right with the budget they've got. Mitch Brundle said he's got a lot of contacts. And he said, if the budget is there, he can attract players. Can he attract players with a smaller budget? It's what you do with a budget, isn't it? So I, I don't think budgets, you know, it's very easy for us to hide behind that. It's going to be a small budget. We're going down next season. But just work with your budget successfully. And I'll always go back to, you know, you know, everybody knows my love for Chris Kinnear, but he knew players and he could get players in from levels uh, on a, you know, when they when he first came back on a low budget and they were successful. So it can be done. And there is managers in this league, Chippenham. I can't believe Chippenham have a great budget, but they've had a brilliant end to the season. So, um, uh, well, I suppose to, not to interrupt you, but if I said to you, you know, this is your budget and it's a lower end budget, how would you rather the money was spent on players that have come out of the football league and are hungry or players from the leagues below that are hungry or experienced players, or would you want a mixture of all of them? Um, a mixture of all of them. I, I'm, I'm sure there's players who can jump up from maybe from the Ryman Premier. Um, uh, it's been Premier to do a job. Um, and I'm sure people would want to play for Dover if they can get that reputation back as being a hungry club. If you can do it, uh, just be a little bit nicer and, Players will come. I'm sure they will. It just it'll be an interesting summer. Probably, you know, I reckon I know by the end of August where Dover are going to be because you look to the team this season. Again, Andy Hessenthal did a good job for Dover, but I thought his recruitment in the final final year was pretty poor. Um, it was very, you know, there was nothing in the team to excite you. So, and, and really, that nearly came down and bit us on the backside in the end. And Mitch Brundle getting rid of Pavey. Um, I'm sure Pavey would have got one of the go- a goal to see us through in the last six games, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't to be. So we got lucky. That's all you can say. We got lucky, and we've got to make sure we're not in this position again. I think, yeah. I mean, obviously, I saw Dover once this season in September, and, and they were abject. But I didn't actually think they were as bad as they were going to be. If that makes sense, I, I think yeah. if you'd said to me that day, Dover would would stay up on the last day because of someone else's result uh, I would have been surprised I didn't think they looked that bad so you know for, for me the, the, the recruitment has gone wrong um, and and now is the time for Mitch Brundle to to stand up and be counted and I'm sure we'll be having conversations with the chairman uh, about where they're going to go if but I, I, what manager, I don't want it to be is the, is the thing oh yeah we've got a small budget we're going to do this do that aim high you know I'm not expecting this to be in there but you know just galvanise the supporters, get some supporters to be happy about because, you know, it showed that, you know, we had a decent crowd on Saturday. People will come if the club needs them. we just got to make sure that, offer them something decent to to do, to, to want to come again. Um, yeah, it, it was it was not good at the weekend. Fair play to Weymouth. And if the season had gone on two more weeks, we would have gone down because, you know, there's absolutely no goals in that team. Absolutely none. And that's one of the first things he's got to work on is somehow trying to attract a striker uh, uh, next season. But we just, yeah, just make it more entertaining because it hasn't been very entertaining as well for the for the diehards. Exactly. I think that's the thing. If, you, if you're winning games of football, people will come. And if you're playing half-decent football, people will come. And I, and I guess all you want as a supporter is a team that 
You don't, like you said earlier, you don't want to win. You're not bothered about winning every week, but you want a team that shows heart, fight, and spirit, and that you turn up to a game thinking, well, we've got a chance today. Whereas I think the last few weeks you've been turning up thinking, how bad is this going to be? Well, I, I know, I know, uh, I did no expectations we'd beat Weymouth. And after five minutes, you knew you weren't going to beat Weymouth because they were considerably better. So, and he's got a clean sweep now. Problem is, you know, six defeats in a row, four points out of 36. You know, that's not working in Mitch Brundle's favour. And if Jim Palmer decides, right, elsewhere, what I think he probably has got to do is advertise the job and see who comes out. And um, there'll be p- people who would definitely want the Dover job if, if it came about, I'm sure. Well, there's certainly some big names doing the rounds and they'll be linked with other jobs that are available in Kent as well. So um, it will be interesting to see uh, what happens. As we say, Dover Athletic finished 20th uh, in the National League. They stayed up by two goals uh, on the goal difference. Uh, Stalinch Hamlet had minus 28. Uh, Dover Athletic had minus 26. And of course, uh, not a Kent club, but commiserations to uh, listen to the show, Peter Gearing. I know was gutted uh, about that result. Uh, elsewhere, Ebbsfleet United finished their fantastic season uh, in fine style with a 5-0 win at home to Hungerford. 103 points they finished on, winning the title by 20 points uh, from second place Dartford, uh, who drew 0-0 at Hampton Richmond uh, on their final game of the season. They now know that on Sunday they will be at home to St Albans in the playoff semi-final for the right to then host the final if Dartford are able to win it uh, the following Sunday. Uh, Tunbridge Angels finished in ninth place, four points outside the playoffs. They ended their campaign with a 1-0 win uh, over Chessant, uh, uh, while Welling were 3-0 winners over Haventon Waterlooville on the final day to ensure that they finished in 16th place. They had 58 points. They were 10 clear of Dover Athletic and the relegation zone. Uh, talking to Tunbridge Angels very quickly, Matt, a couple of bits. Uh, firstly, Sonny Miles has left the club after about six million appearances. Uh, and also, have you seen their new badge? I don't think the fans are very happy with that one. I did see the the, the, the badge. Um, I spoke to Matt Davidson about it, and it, he wasn't very. It's just like a an angel on the on the on the badge, isn't it? Are the fans not happy about that? Are they, or they, they agreed it, or the, did the fans agree to change the badge? I don't think they did. No, I think they've just uh, it's just kind of been foisted on them a little bit. All right, yeah. It, it, it doesn't look like a football badge, does it? I don't think In so. In some context. I, it, yeah, it's it's a, it's an odd one because I, I don't think it's that hideous. Uh, I don't think it's amazing, but... It's one of those. It's a bit like when Juventus changed their badge. I don't know if you remember if you remember that. They, about the six J years thing. ago, they went for the J thing. And if I was yeah. up in arms saying, "Oh, terrible, terrible," if that had been their badge all the time, people would be like, "That's the coolest badge in the world." Uh, and I don't think people say that about Tom and Angels. But if that was the badge, then people would be like, "Well, I like it. I like it." But people just don't like change, do they? No, that that is that is probably true in some contexts. But they got it. Well, I think. I think Tunbridge Daniels as a club are going in the right direction. Manager off the field, they're doing quite well. Um, so trying to get the community. So I think if they think it's uh, um, a good one for uh, the fans, if the board think it's good, I'm sure it's going to be uh, good enough for them. And, and again, there is more important things to worry about than a club badge, I think probably. And obviously, Sonny Miles moving on as well. You know, he's been he's been part of the fabric of of the club, but he, he does get to, to to a stage when you've been a legend like this that you have to sometimes these things have to come to an end, don't they? And, and obviously, you know, he's been a brilliant servant though for Angels, and it'll be interesting to see uh, where they go next without him and 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 what he does. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot of 
clubs are looking at Sonny Miles to be to bring him in. 527 appearances, phenomenal record. So um, I'm really, you know, he went out with a bang, didn't he? I think uh, good to see that, you know, he got his uh, say goodbye to the fans as well. So, but I'm sure there'll be club players looking at Sonny Miles because he's a solid player that that's um, at that level. Fine margins then, as we've heard for Dover Athletic. And at the same time as the drama was going down at Crabble, Local rivals VCD and Phoenix Sports were battling for a place in the Isthmian League Southeast next season. 11 minutes walk between the two clubs. And in the end, it was a last minute penalty which decided the game. And that last minute penalty was netted by Phoenix Sports' Ryan Hayes, taking his side straight back up and sending VCD down to step five. I caught up with Phoenix boss Steve O'Boyle to talk us through it. No, it's by far the, by far, by far the, um, the most important um, goal in my managerial career. And um, yeah, um, I've won, I've won leagues and I've won promotions before, but that, that, the way to win it, the way we won it, and whatever, by far the best. Your, your, your season started with a penalty from Ryan Hayes, and it finished with a penalty from Ryan Hayes. So nice bit of symmetry there. And, and I guess when he was stepping up to take it, were, were you confident? He got to be with Ryan. He's, um, he's, he's a class act. You know, he's had a fantastic non-league career. Although, you know, I struggle to understand how he's never played in the Football League. Um, he's had a fantastic non-league career. And um, to bring him to the football club, um, you know, after being relegated last season was um, was, was big for us. And um, he was brought in for big moments and he was brought in to win his promotion. And, um, you know, when, he, when, when we got a penalty, I had no doubt that he would score. A local derby record crowd for VCD was a, a great way to go up. Yeah, you can't write it, can you? It was, um, you know, like I say, we've always been in the shadows of VCD. You know, when I first took over Phoenix in my first, first, first in, there was leagues and leagues between us, and um, for the first time, I imagine for the first time ever. We are we're a league above VCD, so you know I take no pleasure in in relegating them because you know I've got there's some good people there, but um, obviously for for us being local rivals, it, it, it's um it's good that we are you know in 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 a league higher than them for the first time. The game itself quite a nervy affair. I've read at, at times, but it looked like you probably just shaded it. First half. You know, I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting um, the first half. Um, I thought they were. They shaded the first half, um, and I just thought that we were. Yeah, we we turned up and we weren't really at the races. And I think we was a little bit nervous. And um, you know, like I've said in previous, I've said in other interviews that um, half time you wouldn't want to be a fly on the wall because they got it. They proper got it at half time because I thought we were missing an opportunity, and I didn't want to. I didn't want. Um, I didn't want us to lose out where we where we have regrets at the end of it. Um, and to be honest with you, I thought the players stepped up to the plate second half. I thought we were we were the better team in the second half, and um, I thought we totally deserved the win in the end. You know. It, uh, it was coming to penalties and um, I brought Andy Pugh on with 11 minutes to go. He's been out injured over the last few weeks um, and he recovered from a groin injury, 
trained on the Wednesday night and um, what, a, what a person to bring on because he's a proper number nine and he made a run in behind and um, it was a definite penalty and um, like I say, when you got people like Ryan Hayes taking a penalty to, um, you know, to score it to, to get you into the Ishmael League, it's, you know, brilliant. Two, 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 two great players there that um, have been brilliant for us this season. And um, they say, what a great day. It was a fantastic day. I will say it was a fantastic night as well. You know, I went back to the club after the game and um, God, I've never seen so many people. It's, it's, it's tough, isn't it, as well? Because now you, you were in the Eastman League, obviously, last year. You had that one year in the scaffold. You're back out of it now. But I guess you know the challenge that's ahead of you. Yeah, but I'm starting off on an even kill. You know, I went into the Eastman League last year and it was an uphill, uh, uphill battle. It was, you know, we had four points on the board in, in November and um, it was it was tough. You know, you, you try to recruit players don't want to come. Um, they don't want a relegation on their CV and um, I found recruiting really hard I couldn't get a forward in for love nor money um, and the, the boys I did did finally get over the um, I did get into the club were excellent for us you know um, for the first six weeks I was on the phone eight hours a day seven days a week it was and I just had to keep on going and going and going and going and the team we had in the end, and I've, I lost my first six games in charge. Um, we actually finished thirteenth, so the boys done well, you know. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of them stayed around, and um, so I already knew I had a good nucleus of a squad there to start this season. But when we got relegated on the twenty third of April, the twenty fourth of April was my birthday. I sat at the back of me back of my garden and I just thought I can't I can't just um, accept this you know and and, and and some people maybe would have gone off the radar or gone into hiding or oh, I need a break it weren't it weren't the right thing to do I needed to start planning for this season I started on that day and obviously I got on the phone and made sure I got players to come and meet me the following week and um, and that's what I'd done and you know and then and once I started signing people like Ryan Ages Dave Martin Andy Walkers all of a sudden profile the football club was was um, was was um, starting to rise again and yeah, what you know, like I say, we, we've had a very good season. Um, after Christmas, we was exceptional. Um, and I will say, bringing in people like Mikey Dalton, Matt Bourne, Ryan Sawyer, Tashi J. Quay being fit was was a big bonus for us because he was he was injured for the first part of the season. Um, and then we brought in people in around Christmas time, and it sort of it sort of sparked us into life. Do you look at how well Chatham, Sheppey, Beckenham did this season, and, and think actually, do you know what? There's a chance you can go up to that level and, and, and make an impression. Not, not. I'm not going to say, oh, you can go and win the league, but you might be able to. But you know, you can go and make an impression, can't you? If you've got that momentum and you know how to win games of football. I'll take a mid. I'll take a boring mid-table finish at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Look, I'm. I'm. I'll be honest with you. Um, I need a break. I do need a break. It's been a tough, tough year. Um, you say I need a break, though. There's still things to sort out, you know. Until, uh, you know, Saturday, we didn't know what league we were in. 
So the board have got to sit down and, and have a chat. I need to have a, I need to sit down and talk to the board myself. I need to sit down with players. Um, you know, pre-season friendlies I couldn't organise because you couldn't organise a pre-season friendly. Don't know what league you're in. So there is still lots to do. Um, I'm, I'm going away the weekend with my family, which I need, which, which is, which is massively overdue. Um, and, you know, I do need to sit down and, and work a few things out over the next few weeks. But, you know, like you say, it's, um, oh, I haven't looked that far ahead, if I'm being honest. Um, I'd like to keep the majority of the squad together. I think they're a fantastic group. Great lads, um, really bought into what we've done this year. Um, and I'd like to keep that squad together. Um, they might... They might have other ideas, but that's what I would like to do. Um, and I think if I do, I think I think we'll have we'll, we'll be we'll, we'll be fine next year. You know, um, my my thing Saturday was I think the Kent League next season is is really really strong. And my fear was if we didn't go up Saturday, was I I felt that players would move on. Um, and I was and I was fearful of how would we compete next season in the Kent League, you know, because we've tried I've tried to chuck everything at it this year. Um, you know, you're looking at deals, Fabishams, Erith Town are a, the boys at Erith are a year year older next year. You know, who, who, who are competing with us this year? Um, you know, Glee, Punjabs, um, Snodland coming up. You know, lid of lid, lid. There's a lot of teams I think are going to have a go at it next year, especially with a playoff system. You know, and um, Whitstable, we play Whitstable to the end of the season. They were very good, so I think that's going to be a really competitive league. And you know, like I say, to get a mid-table finish in the Ishmin League, I think it's easier than trying to win promotion out of the Ken League next year. And I suppose you'll just be glad that you'll be watching from from above down at the Kent League, because as you say, it's going to be fabulous. Yeah, oh, look, listen, I'm not being big time or anything like that, but I didn't really enjoy the, um, I didn't really enjoy summer of the season. Um, I've, you know, I'll critic all the referees at step five. I thought, you know, the, the refereeing was a culture shock coming down from one division. It took me a while to, to, um, to get used to that because I felt there was a big drop in that. And, um, I couldn't get me a brand of Simbin thing. <laughs> You know, we ain't got to do sim bins no more. Um, so, look, listen, I want to be, I want to be in and around the Ishmael League, and um, and I'm glad we are now. And um, like I say, I, I think, I think that's going to be a tough, tough league next season, and I'm glad we haven't got to compete with some of the teams I've just mentioned. Excellent chat, that one, mate. He's very straight-talking, Steve. I think I'd probably be all right playing for him. I think he'd, he'd get the best out of me. Uh, and purely from a it's nice to see nice people doing well point of view, you've got to be happy for him and Phoenix Sports. Yeah, really, you know, you can see that the passion in his voice of what happened last season. You know, he wanted to bounce back. And to do it in the way with a last-minute penalty... All that hard work comes to fruition and they've got the rewards and they've been promoted back to the level he thinks it would be. And he knows it's going to be difficult next season, but he's going to enjoy it. Um, and and it, it's a fantastic achievement because at some stage, 
didn't think they were going to do it. They didn't have a, you know, been there and thereabouts, but not been spectacular all season, but came good at the end. And Ryan Hayes, funny player, Ryan Hayes. I probably said to you before, I always thought he could do a little bit better, but Dartford, an absolute legend of the game. And there's probably not many people you want to bang in a penalty in the 90th minute to get yourself promoted, but a decent penalty I saw on social media. And yeah, uh, delighted for you. You know, Steve, again, when we had him on, I think last week, back in the, when he, started, he took the job, didn't he? And he was struggling, but he seemed pretty confident. They, they got so close to staying up, but it wasn't to be last season. But now they've got the rewards and I, I'm delighted for him. And it'll be interesting to see how they get on next season. And Ryan Hayes, it, it, Steve O'Boyle waxed lyrical about him there. I think if you listen to the show knows I'm a big fan of him. And, you know, to, to get him into a step five team shows the ambition that Phoenix Sports have got. And, you know, as he said, there's no man he would have backed more to, to stick that penalty away. Their first goal of the season, as I said there, was a Ryan Hayes penalty at Irith Town on that Friday night in August when I was there. And uh, their last goal of the season in the last minute, a penalty from Ryan Hayes. And, and you know, the scaffold is a, is a great league, but I think what got Phoenix Sports to second and what got them over the line uh, on Saturday was those experienced heads, your Andy Pews, your Andy Walkers and Ryan Hayes. You know, that, those play, that know-how you just can't buy. And, and I suppose... You know, kind of look back at Dover, Matt. The experienced players at Dover let themselves down, but look at those three and the, the experience that they brought to Phoenix Sports. That's what you want if you're going to have experienced heads around the camp, isn't it? Well, anybody mentioned as well, Andy Walker in goal. I don't know, Andy Walker, he was great for Craig in that, in that run to the VAR. He's a solid goalkeeper. I've seen Andy when he was playing for Bromley all those years ago. Really good, solid goalkeeper um, at, at that level. Right, Andy Pugh, I've always liked Andy Pugh. Felt a bit disappointed for him because of the injuries of curtailed his career, but he's a very clever player. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, he's brought the experience in and they've got them over the line. Fantastic achievement. Again, will that, you know, those players aren't getting any younger. If they've got one more year in them to, to sort of stabilise them in the um, Ispian South East, we'll have to wait and see. But clearly a good team bonding. You know, it's been difficult managing players like that who've probably seen it a lot. A lot of games at higher levels, but clearly Steve O'Ball just did a really good job mixing them and merging them together and to be successful. Did we expect them to get promoted at the start of the season, John? I, I think I, I thought they'd be there or thereabouts, to be honest. I, I thought the I, I think I'll have to listen back to the, the show when I saw them. Uh, but I think the experience that they had and the way that, you know, they were kind of on the back foot in that game at Earth Town for a little bit, but their experience just shone out. And, and I think I always fancied them to do well uh, f- from the very outset. And, you know, it, a, a, a great achievement. And and Steve O'Boyle, you know, as, as you said, Matt, we spoke to him last season when he got the job and he was talking about that a bit there as well. And now you, you hear him talking now and, he, you know, he, he sounded, he did sound a little bit exhausted of it all, but I, I think, you know, he'll have his little break and then he'll come back and he'll be refreshed. And I think, you know, as as we've seen, Beckenham. I think Beckenham are the good example to look at in terms of what Phoenix Sports can achieve next season because it's a similar sort of squad, players that have been around. I think Phoenix Sports will be absolutely fine next season. As he said, give me a mid-table finish now and I'll snap your hands off. And, and that's all you want, isn't it? Yeah, stabilise. Uh, I think they'll probably learn from the mistakes of the previous when he went in. Said he's got a goal scorer. I'm sure he's got goal scorers now. And and we know, I think, if you are successful in the scaffold, you should have enough to to be at the right end of the table and um, not to have any issues in the 
it's been South East, and I'm sure they won't. Um, now, poor old VCD, you have to say, they'll have to start again, but fair play to Phoenix. Yeah, I was, I was going to come on to VCD next. Uh, Michael Power has tweeted out today to say uh, that he's waiting to have talks to see if he's going to stay in charge. I mean, they just had a rotten end to the city. I think their, their 2023 record has been absolutely dreadful. Uh, di- didn't pick up a lot of points after Grant Basie left and they were in stinking form before Grant Basie left. Um, and a shame, but like as Steve O'Boyle said there, you know, they, they've been a club that's always been a couple of leagues higher or they've been in, in and around the Eastman for a long, long time. So to drop out of that league is is a big blow for them. And now they've got to decide, do they want Michael Power to, to, keep, to keep on going? and try and give him the chance to rebuild, or, or do they look elsewhere? And as Steve O'Boyle said there, what a division the scaffold's going to be next year. And, and I think Steve O'Boyle feels he's dodged a bullet by getting away from it. And VCD are probably feeling the exact opposite. Yeah, I think it's probably a good time to get out of it. I think everybody's going to expect Faversham to be up there. So you're going to have to hit the ground running pretty quickly, I would have thought. Um, get them going and... Maybe they need to make a decision. Michael Power had a very good career as a player. Uh, he'll be disappointed they've been relegated. But do you stick with him or do you go with somebody who knows management at that level to get them out of it? It'd be interesting to see what they do there. But I'm sure they've got the quality and the the willingness to bounce back next season in, in, a, in a really tough division. I've been in the East Middle since 2013, uh, VCD. Uh, having been relegated... Uh, in 20, in 2009-10 uh, from the Isthmian League when they got moved into Division 1 North. Uh, they were demoted because their ground was not up to the desired standard of the Isthmian League as had a path around the pitch that was one metre wide and not two metres wide. Um, so that was why they eventually got demoted. Uh, but they did then manage to get back up uh, into the Isthmian League and then they obviously went up to the uh, Isthmian League Premier Division as well. Uh, under Tony Russell and then Keith McMahon did a really good job there. You know, And, and they've been a club who've had stability uh, and that's been the key to them floating about where, they, where they've been. And now, you know, I suppose almost a, similar to Dover, but completely different because they've gone down. But they're, they're in a similar situation, aren't they? Do you, do you stick or twist? It, yeah, I think um, it'll be interesting. I presume they've got players who may want to keep, you know, some of the players that maybe Phoenix Sports will look at just down the road, players who want to carry on playing in the southeast, in the South Edition rather than the Scaffold. We'll have to wait and see what they do. Um, I think a big summer for them coming up, John, to see if they can bounce back. Absolutely. We shall keep an eye on how proceedings turn out uh, at VCD. Obviously, keep an eye on all of our social media over the summer. We'll be keeping all, abreast of all the management, managerial changes and, and stayings and goings and whatever. Uh, one of the teams that Phoenix Sports will be up against next season are Hythe Town after the Cannons came up just short in their playoff final at Whitehawk on Friday night. Now, the home side spent three glorious first-half chances, but it was a shot that came through a crowd of bodies and bounced up over keeper Steve Phillips, ultimately enough for the Hawks to book their spot in the Eastman League Premier Division for next season. Uh, Hythe just... It just never fell for them, uh, as you're going to hear in this chat. Once the celebrations have finished, uh, but the Loud Whitehawk playlist was still going strong, I spoke to Cannon's boss, Steve Watt. Yeah, I would say so. I thought I thought um, they created a better chance. I just thought it was a game too far, if I'm being honest. I thought the second half, I thought we were a better team second half. Obviously, Whitehawk's got the lead and we've, we've got to good areas, but we've not. The ball just didn't bounce for us in the right way. You look at one where Sam's just come on and he runs inside, he slips you in. It's an inch off his foot, you know. He, he gets a he gets a toe to it. If it's an inch here or there, he controls it and passes it in the net. So it was a little bit of a night like that. But look, I've got no, I've got no um, 
no complaints. My boys, I thought first half looked a bit flat. I thought the occasion maybe got to a few. Um, but I thought second half, Arsenal just got another goal, and I thought we did. Um, we started playing differently. Obviously, we got the ball down. We started playing through, and I thought we and I thought they were dangerous in the counter at times. But I thought felt in control second half. But I just never felt like I felt felt in the previous games where I felt the goal was coming. Um, I just didn't couldn't see it coming tonight. I think just as I said, I think it was just that game too far. We were all sat behind the goal going, just one chance, just one chance, and it just never came, did it? No, with Jack's long throw that's bounced across the goal. Now, we've been scoring goals at Art for the last six months, um, where it, it hits someone and they just it, they tap it in. And it was just, it was that night, where it, as I said, with a conversation earlier, John, it bounced the wrong way. And I think that's what happened in their box tonight. I said, I think the best chances that one were you, where he's, Sam slipped and he's stretching to get it. And if it's, if it's an inch or two one way, he controls it and he's got a free shot six yards out from goal which is you'd think he's going to score but but yeah no complaints like congratulate White Oak um, and a great season of promotion um, when you come up against clubs that's got a, a history of being at higher levels it's always difficult you know like um, they always say in football history does repeat itself um, and White Oak's obviously gone back up to a division where they've played a lot higher so um, look it was a tough ask we knew it was going to be we give it our all it wasn't enough some atmosphere that their fans created as well. I suppose the players, obviously you played at high level, but some of your players to play in front of a crowd like that must be a, a great experience, regardless of the result. Well, you're looking at you're looking at starting lineup. I think Baron Franny Colin and maybe Liam. I don't know if no even Liam played in the playoff final. And a player's played in the playoff final. And a player's been to the playoffs. You know, like that's. I think obviously Jack Stevens was there with Ashford last year and Jazz and, and Fran. But Baron, that, that's that's what we had. So it was, it was very much. Um, in terms of experience, it was always worried that it would get to a few, and I thought, I thought it did in terms of the first half. I just looked, we looked a little bit cagey. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't play with a usual freedom and a usual spark of energy. It was a little bit conservative. Um, so as, as I said, it was anything to disappoint me tonight. It was a fast 45. If I'm being honest, it was just because I thought we we played within ourselves a little bit. We didn't look like a team that was going to go and play to win the game. We looked like a team that was a little bit. A little bit nervous, I would say, but um, but second half I thought we were fantastic. I, mean, I can't I can't fault the players in the second half. We just couldn't create enough chances. They, they had three really good chances before they scored in the first half, and I suppose what, what might be a gut a bit gutting for you as well is you probably would have backed them to score one of those three more than the one they actually scored. Yeah, the goal is obviously disappointing. Steve says it's come like, through a crowd, isn't it? It's came through a crowd, but as Steve said it, it bounced and bounced over him. You know, it skips off a turf, which which catches him out. Um, but I said, look, I can't. He, he, he apologised. <laughs> he's got nothing to apologise, Steve, for what you've done since he's came in. For me, he's the best keeper in the league by a country mile. Um, I said, like, like, obviously, seen all the teams this year and keepers. But for me, Steve Phillips is the best keeper in this league, easily. And Mr. Reliable, he's been at since he's came here. But, um, but yeah, as I said, it's been hell of a journey. We just couldn't go that extra mile. You're obviously disappointed and understanding, but we did have a chat before the game, and, and to even get here just shows what a great job that you and, and your players have done in the last four or five months yeah look players guys the staff um, Mickey obviously we had everyone down here tonight we held obviously Mickey like the whole people has been been in around the club since I've been here I wanted everyone here tonight Flish was here as, like, himself we had everyone down here who's been part of the journey since I've came here um, because this was the goal coming in here it wasn't the goal was always to get to this um, and it, it said it's been look it's been a, it's been an un, unbelievable season and as I said to the players before, no matter what happens tonight, we'll either be celebrating a promotion or we'll be celebrating the season we've had. So we will, we, we're obviously disappointed we're down, but we're not going to be too down. We're going to enjoy it. Um, we'll have a good few beers tonight 
in a way home, good sing-along as well, um, get the spirits up of everyone. Um, as I said, the players in the huddle there, I said, look boys, you're going to grow as men from this season, you know, as, you're going to grow as men, as individuals, as players. Um, seasons like this, it toughens you, you know, and to end that way as well, you know what it's taken to get to here. So now these players now, knows what, like they know what the standard is. So um, they can go and push themselves next and, um, as I said, become better players and better people for that. What happens now? Do you have a bit of a break and then think about things or got already eye on next season? I don't know. If I've been honest, I've not spoken to the club yet. I don't know what's happening next year. So I don't know what the plans are here. As I said, it's very much, we'll let the dust settle from today um, and see what happens over the next week or so. But um, but no, it's been a tough season and me and Sean was talking before, it's been a long season as well. Obviously, we've had a lot of games called off for the weather and things like that and it's been since the turn of Christmas for, for us especially, it's been it's been non-stop Saturday, Tuesday with six or seven weeks in the bounce Saturday, Tuesday. So it's been a tough, tough grind for, the, for, for this group. Um, but I can't be prouder of them, honestly. I'm never off, I'm not one loss for words, let's put it that way. But in the huddle there, it took me a while to get a few words out. There's a, there a lump in the throat, a team and an eye. But um, but no, I can't, honestly, I'm, I'm I'm gutted for those players because I, I just I just re- I, I did everything within my power to try and get them over the line because they are a special group of individuals. Like as you saw tonight, they just did not stop. They did not stop. Franny Colin, 35, running everywhere. He can't run at the minute. Like you see him, he's holding his hamstring, but he's chasing back. Even like in the last minute, with him telling I'm telling them not to just stay up the pitch. Doesn't matter if they score again. I don't care. But no, but I said we're all. Um, we're all gutted. Us boys, that's, as I said, had a taste of this success in our career. We're we're gutted for those for those for those boys in there. But look, as I said, they'll become better people and players from it. Well, I'm gutted for him and his players, Matt. All we can say is what an effort from them to to get into the playoffs, let alone the final in the first place. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I think it's been a fantastic season. We said last week we think Steve Watt should be the uh, the manager of the season um, from a End point of view, the job he's done there with limited resources, but they've been uh, very, very uh, successful. Just couldn't be white talk. I just felt when I saw the girl said you before, and the longer the game went on against Ramsgate, you fancied them, and maybe the longer if they kept that goal just before half time, we kept it tight, they could have gone and won it. But it'll be interesting to see where they go from now, really, because will they be able to keep some of that squad? Will they look to move? Will other clubs? Show an interest. Would rather show an interest in Steve Watt. Um, interesting again. Interesting summer for them because they've got some good players who've been successful, and other clubs will look at them. I'm sure. Yeah, I think you're you're on the money when you talk about the when the goal was as well because they didn't offer a lot in the first half, Hive, but they defended really well. And Whitehall could miss these chances, and they were literally what seven minutes away from that being. As the person I was sat next to said the perfect first half for Hyde. If they'd got in at nil-nil, then I think it would have been a, a, a very interesting half-time uh, team talk. Um, but the second half, Hyde did play a lot better. They, they had a lot more uh, territory, not necessarily uh, chances. In fact, they didn't really have a shot on goal, and that's going to be the disappointment for Steve Watt. But it was just one of those. And, and, and it was amazing. As he said in that interview, we had a chat before the game, Steve and I, uh, and he said, you know, the, the difference in the first half and the second half of the season was just the way the ball was bouncing sometimes. He said sometimes it would bounce perfectly in the second half of the season and we'd score. Other times it would bounce six inches away and, and, and it wouldn't go in. 
And then that's exactly what happened in the final. You know, there was a, the best chance to have was a long throw that bounced twice in the penalty area and it just wouldn't fall for a, for a Hythe shirt. And, um, you know, pains me to say it that the one Sussex team who finished in the top 12 managed to get promoted. <laughs> but on the night, I'd say Wytalk probably just about deserved it. Um, I think it was 1,400 people there. And they make a they make a great atmosphere. I know some people aren't fans of Whitehawk or, or their stadium, but while the stadium is a nightmare in terms of the fact that it's in the middle of nowhere, it's called the enclosed ground, but it's absolutely wide open to the elements. Um, it's not a great deal of parking about yada yada yada. But those supporters they turn up in their numbers. Um, and when I went to Whitehawk last season, they were playing Corinthian, and when I was queuing up to get in outside. There was someone in front of me said, who are we playing today? Oh, it don't matter who we're playing. We're just here to enjoy ourselves. And their fans have that attitude. You know, they sing their songs. They don't swear. They, you know, they, they just seem like a nice, well, not as far as saying nice, but they seem like a wholesome club, I, was, I suppose. Um, and, you know, they're, and they're, they're getting the good crowds in. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, they've, they've got the history of being higher up and, and they'll have ambition again to to keep going. And when you're getting crowds in like that, that only helps. But, Matt, there is one odd thing that I need to talk about at Whitehawk. Uh, I was sat behind the goal, um, the the uncovered goal, if anybody knows where Whitehawk, uh, and that was the end that Whitehawk shot in the first half. Um, and all the Whitehawk fans came down and were around us, and that was fine. Um, but when they got a corner, all the Whitehawk fans got their keys out and started jangling them like it was some sort of swingers party. I was like, what's going on here? And I was like, I was really concerned that someone was going to chuck them my way because I didn't want to get involved in any of this nonsense. Um, but, you know, it was, as I say, it was, it was a... Any reason a, why they do that? I've got no idea. Um, I've got absolutely no idea. I, I, I should have actually asked if, if it was obvious to, to players what that they're doing that. But I did also hear in the final league game on Saturday, uh, some enterprising White Talk fan had got a water pistol in and was squirting uh, the opposition goalkeeper uh, with a water pistol. So it looks to me like those people just go along, enjoy themselves and have a good, and want to watch a good game of football. And you can't criticise that at all, can you? And, you know, as I say, it pains me to say it, but well done, White Hawk. Uh, good luck next season, apart from when you play Kent teams. And, you know, and Hyde, I'm sure they'll 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 bounce back. You know, I've done a great job this season, as we say, and hopefully that will continue. Yeah, I think I, 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 again, d- d- delighted for Hyde. Everyone just shame they couldn't get it over the over the uh, over the line. Yes, uh, one more promotion winner to hear from this week, and that is Lid Town and their boss Mickey Doyle. Now, it's been ten days or so since Lid saw of tooting back on penalties, but as I said last week, we had such a busy show, we wanted to make sure that we gave Mickey and Lid. Uh, fair appreciation and I was delighted to have a chat with him on Tuesday yeah just about I think I think um, some of the boys are still celebrating but it is what it is <laughs> so and good luck to them uh, it was a, a pretty well it was a pretty dramatic build up in the first place over where the game was going to be and then it ended up being a dramatic match too yeah so obviously the uncertainty of where it was going to be played what time it was going to be played it affects availability, it affects all sorts of problems. Uh, once it got sorted out, it was fine. And then the match itself, we got off to a really good start. They crept into it just before half-time, second half. There was more more drama with a, with a red card for us. But the lads stuck it out. And luckily, the 12th man playing at home helped it when you're down to 10. So it's just about getting over the line from that point. Oh, you can't take the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, did it make a difference playing at home, do you think? 
I think once it went down to 10, uh, I think that did make the difference. All of a sudden, you've got, now I think there was a 250, 300 people there, and if 200 of them are chewing on every tackle, every chase back, everything the lads do, it just helps helps with the legs. It gives them an extra percent or two or three. Um, and, and when you're down to 10, you need that. And it, it does help. Like, and we appreciate all the fans and everyone that come down to, to watch. When it came to the penalty shootout, what was it like for you? What was your perspective? Could you watch or were you just uh, trying to keep calm or what? Uh, yeah, I was, I was calm. I was pretty calm, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, when when we was, when we just needed our last penalty to score, Ryan Smith stepping up, I would have put my house on that he would score it. Uh, so I was pretty calm all the way up. And then, uh, obviously, he missed that. And then... Uh, but we, we had good good takers from one to, to eight, so we was pretty confident, and our goalkeeper is, is excellent. So you just got to stay calm, and you've got to just have your hands in the gods. It's just a moment people take it or, or people don't, and our goalkeeper took his moment and saved, saved the penalty. So, uh, as you practice penalties? Good. No, we don't practice penalties, mate. <laughs> you can't you can't recreate that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? You can't you can't recreate that walk. You can't recreate the tightness in your legs, the emotion, the crowd, or anything like that. It's just down to individuals. You ask them, "Are you happy to take?" You have your five. You go round. You say, "Right, are you happy to take?" And if they say, "Oh, I don't know," you just say, "All right, no problems. We'll move on to the next plan." So that's what we've done. So. You also utilise your your good good links with Folkestone as well to to get a, a, to some players in towards the end of the season who helped you get over the line. Yeah, so yeah, we just use every resource you can as a, as a manager. So we just used it uh, to the to to our best of our ability, and we we used it, and it paid off. Obviously, if it didn't, then I've got to answer questions. So uh, when you're right, you're right. You don't get questions. When you're wrong, you get questions. So this time, I'm right, or we're right as a, as a unit. So it's, it's always good to have them sort of players available. Uh, generally speaking, what, what a fantastic season it's been for you. I mean, you had that great uh, result in the Vars when I spoke to you earlier in the season and then you've gone on and, and, and you've got promoted. It must be a dream come true for you all. Yeah, it's a history-making club like, for the club and you look at, look back at it, first 10 games we was flying high. Then we got to the FA Vars first round proper. Then we, all of a sudden we hit a little bit of a dip. We took a few massive hits on the chin, you know, 8-0 loss at Snodland, 5-1 at home to, to Croydon. That, that, that rocked the boat, but credit to the lads. They they dug in. The goal was to hit playoffs. We hit the playoffs and then anything happens in the playoffs. So we, we, set, we set a target. We achieved our target down to the staff, the club, the players, you know, Dex, Owen, my staff, they've been excellent. The captain, Ryan Smith, absolutely superb. On and off the field, he, he attends a lot of our meetings. We get him involved, make sure he's the major link between the players and, and the management. And you can't you can't discredit that sort of role. When, when you're all in harmony and you've got a leader that's doing everything that you ask, and, and chipping in, pointing us in the right direction. If, we, if we're making little mistakes or we want to go down one way, he goes, well, the lads think this. Maybe we can come to a harmony. He, he's been superb, that man. So credit to him. A lot of credit goes to him. Well, we're obviously at the stage now where we're waiting to see the, the league allocations. I don't know if you 
if you know, but there's some people sort of, there's 21 teams in the sort of area of the scaffold, yourselves included. And some people are speculating there's a chance you might not be in the scaffold. Have you heard anything or are you worried about that? <laughs> no, I don't know what's going to happen, really. All these rejigs are, are a nightmare. I think there's a, there's a few others suited to, to move, personally. Nothing's been communicated to us, so we would have thought that sort of thing would be communicated as early as possible. So at the moment, we're just everything's planned to just go into the Skeppel Prem, and, and that's where we want to go. Um, but... Who knows with the with with the allocations? We we just have to wait and see on that. I suppose for you, whichever whichever way you go, even in the scaffold prem, there's a fair amount of travelling involved for Lidtown, isn't there? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So we we've got to travel no matter where we go. People moan about coming to us, but what they've got to realise is we have to go everywhere else. So it is what it is. We've got to travel. We've got a great little setup down there. Our grounds real nice, perfect. Um. We, we obviously it's a travel we got to travel it is what it is but we'd rather stay in, in, the, in the skiffle prem we know the leagues we know the players it's just a little bit easier uh, on our on our fronts uh, and just finally has, has preparation started for next season or, or are you taking a bit of time off before you really hit the ground running uh, yeah I've took time off yeah I said as soon as it was over I'll turn around um, to to the to the chairman and, and the secretary and that. I said I'm having a couple of weeks off. It's been a long hard season, you know. We made a lot of good memories for this club. Um, I'll just need to spend a bit of time with the family and enjoy 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 my kids and my wife for for a couple of weeks because you don't realise how much managing a non-league football club takes out on you. So yeah, I'll just take a couple of weeks off. I think I'll. We'll be going back to it a weekend. We'll see what happens um, on that. So yeah, that's what we're that's what we're about. We've had, we've had ten days off. We'll have a couple more off, and then we'll start thinking about next season. Do, so, do, you, do you think there'll be much uh, of a step up to step five? Yeah, yeah, there, there is a step up, but I think we're capable. The group of lads we got, if we can keep them together, add add one or two, two more. Um, I think we're more than capable. I think we proved it time and time again in the FA bars. We we played deal in the cup and beat them. We've just got to make sure we're consistent. If we can get a consistent group each week and keep doing what we're doing and keep working on what we've been working on, there's no reason why we can't do well in the next league above. A great achievement from them, Matt. And it says a lot that after their best season ever, as he said there, he's already looking for more next season. Yeah. And clearly, the signings I'm hearing they're making, that they're going to be... Definitely not making up the numbers next season. Uh, going to go for it. I didn't realise, John, they could... Where would they go? Could they go in the Sussex League if they... From there, would it? Well, well, this is the thing. So, with the way that the promotions and relegations have happened, with the fact that VCD, Faversham and Corinthian have all come down from East Mid League South East, uh, and obviously there's been teams promoted into the... Uh, there's been Lid and um, Snodland both promoted. So... There's, and only two teams have gone out of this step. There are 21 teams who would currently be in the scaffold next season. There can only be 20. So someone's got to move. Now, I've seen various schools of thought uh, about this. Um, the the non-league projections, which is what I always go to first, has put Homesdale moving across to the combined counties uh, south. Now, Homesdale, geographically, not too far from Beckenham, so I can see where that thought's come from. And obviously, I'm guessing travelling-wise, 
good links to the M25 would make sense, I suppose, in that aspect. That's why Beckenham got moved. You could also look at it and say that Fisher are the only club in the division at the, this season who don't have a Kent postcode. Uh, so should they perhaps be a, an option? Uh, I've also seen people worrying that maybe Tunbridge Wells could be moved across to play in the Sussex League because of their proximity to Sussex and Crowborough, mm-hmm. for example, or Rustall, the same could fall for them. Or, as mentioned there, Lidtown. Um, I mean, that was that was a great chat with, with Mickey, but, you know, I, I think he's given the FA a bit, a bit too much credit there by saying, well, if they were going to move us, I think they would have communicated that by now. I think that they wouldn't have done that. Um, and But what I wouldn't understand about that is the travelling um, for Lidtown because there's no clubs that, that close in the Sussex League. I think you've got Little Common and, and Bexhill and places like that, but still quite a distance to, to, to the nearest one. I can't see that Lidtown could be in the Sussex League um, and I would hope for their sake that they're not, but I think he's just going to take it in his stride. Yeah, I, I think it would be harsh if they moved them over and it I don't know if, how it would affect them, the, the transfer dealings of the players are getting in. So I think the league would probably need to sort this out pretty damn quick. I don't, any idea when that will be done? Probably not for a while, but just enjoy the moment at the moment. They, I'm sure there will be a, hopefully be a scaffold side and we can look to see how they get on next season. I think it'll be tough for them. I suppose they'll be looking for the playoffs, but when Steve O'Boyle just ran through the sides, he thinks going to be successful trying for successful next season. It could be a very competitive scaffold league with one big favourite, but everybody else scrambling around for the playoffs. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a, another, it's going to be an, a, an interesting league. and, and Never a dull you know, moment in that league, is there? Never a dull moment. And as you say, that they've got some good links uh, with Folkestone. And, and, you know, he said he, he stood by his decision to bring those players in uh, to, for, the, for the next, uh, for the playoff final. And I'm sure that he'll be using those contacts that he's got to, to strengthen a game. Um, and I think I'm going to add Lidtown to my places that I want to visit next season. I think I'm going to try and get along there uh, at some point to see a game because uh, it sounds like they've got a nice setup and they've done brilliantly um, to, to get to where they are. And yeah, we will keep an eye out for, for when it's all announced what league they're going to be in. Um, it, it, it's a tough one. You know, I, I feel for whoever gets moved, I think it'll be, it'll be difficult because you're facing different challenges, different players and everything like that. Um, but someone's got to do it. And, and Beckenham probably look back and think, you know what, we're glad we had that one season in combined counties because that was the way we got out of step five. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd be spot on there. <laughs> the National League season proper finished uh, on Saturday as well. Uh, you won't be surprised to hear that Maidstone United lost by four goals to, uh, at Chesterfield. Bromley were held to a 1-1 draw at Oldham Athletic, meaning that they finished in seventh place uh, after Boreham Woods win on the final day. That means that Bromley will play on Wednesday night. They travel to Woking. The team will finish 11 points ahead of them uh, for the right to play Chesterfield uh, in the semi-final, uh, which we played on Sunday. We also know that the other semi-final will be between Notts County and Boreham Wood after my favourite North, North London-based team uh, won by two goals to one at Barnet on Tuesday night. Um, do you fancy Bromley at Woking, Matt? I'd love it if they beat Woking. You know my feelings towards Woking. Oh, you love Woking, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can see no reason. I think um, a, a good game. I think Woke, uh, Bromley are in decent form of late. I think they can, if 
the way I saw them play against Chesterfield, where they hit them on the counter-attack. I think if they can keep it tight for a while, just frustrate um, the home side, I think they've got quality in the final third to cause them problems. And I wouldn't be surprised if it, we've had, we've seen today three sides, all the way sides of one in the, um, the National League and National League North and South got through. So, um, Let's hope that trend continues tomorrow with uh, Bromley beating Woking because that'll be that'll that'll cheer me up no end. And then absolutely stops on Sunday uh, for Dartford. Interesting. Uh, I've seen a post from Daniel Story, uh, friend of the show, saying is there a team with a worse playoff record than Chelmsford? I mean, Chelmsford are terrible at them, but yeah. Dartford aren't the best either, are they? <laughs> no, no. I, I, I saw um, Steve King of Gloucester. Steve King hasn't got a great playoff record. He got Gloucester in the Conference North as well. So, um, so yeah, Dartford. Um, I'm still tipping a, I still fancy Worthing, Dartford v Worthing final uh, from there. I think um, Dartford against St Albans, Dartford beat St Albans a couple of weeks ago. So um, be a tough one. Somebody said to me, you know, Dartford, would they have that momentum? Because they've known for months they're going to be in the playoffs. So it's not, a, you know, maybe their season's just been building up to this. So they've had a mixed bag of results, haven't they, for a while. But maybe that's the time to think, right, this is where your season starts and they'll put on a show. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Dartford against St Albans, flip of a coin probably. But if we know what the Dartford um, side turns out, they'll be, they'll be fine, I'm sure. Absolutely. Uh, we'll just talk about Maidstone very quickly. I guess that kind of sums up their season, doesn't it? Matt, 4-0 defeat on the final day. They finish with uh, 25 points from their uh, 46 games, five wins, 104 goals conceded, uh, a miserable, miserable campaign, and it ended in pretty miserable style as well, didn't it? Well, apparently, I saw them certainly in the first half, there were chances against Chesterfield, but couldn't take them away, then Chesterfield went in front. Yeah, big, I see they've released 11 players today. Um, a bit like David, it's all about the recruitment. The recruitment wasn't right in the summer. They've got to get it right. George Alacobi's New Zoom has got a lot of contacts. Um, I don't know the expectations are. We'll have to see when when we start the next season of what, who they bring in, where we expect them to be. I expect them to be in and around the playoffs. Um, I presume the supporters. I don't know if some of the supporters will expect them to bounce back straight away after the successful season they had last year. But a real terrible season to end. I see Oliver Ash put a, a note out to the supporters, you know, apologising for it, which I think is a um, a nice thing to do. Um, shows excellent communication. Let's hope Maystone can have a better season than they did uh, this year because it's been a disaster and hopefully they can get back into the National League at a certain time forward and make it third time lucky where they can stabilise themselves and turn them into a bit of a, like a, a boring wood, a, a wheelstone side that, you know, punching above their weight a little bit. But we know what Maystone can do with the excellent support they have. Yeah, I mean, I've only picked up one point in the last uh, 10 matches. And we talk about losing being a habit. Um, and Maidstone, again, are another team who need to start well next season because otherwise you look at what's happened to Dover and, and Dover have just kept dropping down. So, um, you know, they, they've got to find it, it, a way. Yeah, it's a difficult one because one thing that George Ellicobi needs a league win, doesn't he? We're desperate yeah, to start the season desperate. with a win just to get that, so that you know, that get that one on the board for him. Um, you know, he's a positive character and he could have really shown you how down he is he was, but I think he's 
been pretty positive about it. Um, but again, he's going to have to start well next season because yeah, the natives will get restless if, if you're struggling by the end of September again, not being where they should be. But yeah, interesting, interesting times for a number of our Kent clubs at the beginning of next season, I'm sure. Yes, it certainly will be. I, I, I love... I do love that early optimism at the start of the season because, you know, we, we sit and we record a show, what, the last week of July and we're like, I wonder what's going to happen. And, and here we are now. You know, I, I I wonder if we look back at the first show of the season, if we expected Maidstone to have such a dismal year. If we oh, I didn't know, not at all. <laughs> all. You know, if we expected Dover to struggle as they did, if we expected Ebbsfleet and Dartford to have the campaigns they've all had. And, you know, it's, it, it's why we love doing this show because we get to discuss so many different things that are going on in and around the county. And, and it, it, it changes every year, though, John. That's the exciting thing. It does. There, there, will, there will be a time, there's probably a side that we've probably tipped to be terrible and they've been great, and next season we'll do exactly the same. So, um, just a big big summer again with what people bring in, who comes in. You know, we haven't even talked about, you know, you know teams like Margate, Folkestone, probably underachieved a bit this season, but they'll go again, they'll go again next season and, Desperate to get out of it. And of course, Cray missing out on the playoff as well on that penalties uh, last week. So, um, yeah, it's, it, there's some big clubs here who, who want to be successful next season to try and right the wrongs of this year and, and go again. And could we have a football league club again? Could Bromley, if they don't do it this time, could they do it next year? Absolutely. I'm sure Absolutely are going to go for it as well. So, yeah, it should be another interesting year. Um, let's hope for everybody. We can't, everybody can't be successful, but let's hope we can. Uh, well, since we've been doing this, clubs have been successful. So we yeah. know we have we have got clubs in our area who are punching above their weight and doing well. And long may that continue. Yeah, we're a long way off it now. But my one wish for next season is one team in step four or five get far in the cup, get to the first round proper. That's my one. That's the one thing we've not had. We've had Beckenham obviously had that great one. They got very close this year. We've not had one of our yeah, yeah. teams who start the cup in August. Go all the way to the first round. That's the one thing that I want. Talking of cups, uh, though, Matt, we should also mention the Kent Senior Cup final, which is being played on Wednesday night. Uh, Margate against Chatham. Obviously, both those teams finished their regular seasons, uh, what, 10 days ago or so. Uh, Chatham winning the league. Margate finishing towards the back end of the Eastman League Premier Division. Chatham will fancy an upset there, won't they? But Margate will be desperate to give their fans something to cheer about to take into the summer. Yeah, I think it will be. An open game, you will probably would say that um, Chatham will be favourites. Um, I think Chatham will look to be next season. And Margate needs to put down a marker again. Great for them for supporters if they could go home with a trophy and something to build on. It's a shame. You, it's the same. I said you have to buy tickets in advance now. You can't just rock up anymore. So if you're in the local area um, when this comes out, you need to get your ticket fast, or you won't be able to go to the game. Yes, absolutely. Well, I hope it's a, a, a final to remember uh, and hopefully we'll be chatting to someone uh, from the winning team on next week's show. Uh, that is it for the football chat. I've not been watching much, Natalia. No. I, I know I've mentioned it already, but if you've not watched this latest series of Taskmaster, get involved. It is incredible. I, I am absolutely loving every single episode of it. Every single person on it is brilliant. Uh, really, really enjoying it. I've been just catching up on MasterChef um, and yeah, no sort of uh, jungle bank holidays for me. I've been watching the jungle. What about you, mate? Just just having a a bit of chill time. Um, yeah, I haven't really watched much at all. Um, no, I haven't watched it apart from the, we started watching the night 
uh, Agent on Netflix, a couple of episodes of that, which is quite good. But apart from that, we haven't really watched too much. So, um, we can go to bed early again, mate. So, <laughs> just tired, tired. So, that's what it is. No, we need to get back on that soon. Once because once again, this sort of time we now, there's a lot of football on. So, I'm always sort of listening to that or trying to watch it. Um, behind the wife's back. So, I need to, you know, rein it in a little bit now. Other football seasons officially over for me. I need to sort of forget about football. So, how long we get? I mean, it depends who we got. Um, if if we have a nightmare, something next week could be the last show, couldn't it? Absolutely. If Bromley and Dartford both lose uh, on Sunday, then next week will be the final show of the series. Uh, the series of the season. I don't. Well, series is the English way of saying it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but hopefully we'll have two more shows for you, uh, and we'll be lining up some interviews for for the final show of the season uh, as well, just to keep you uh, give you something to enjoy um, before we head off. I know that. Uh, our new listener in, in Saudi Arabia is very concerned about what he's going to do when the season's over. But t- to be honest, Dave, we've done more than 200 episodes of this before you even knew we existed. So <laughs> I'd get involved, mate, if I were you. You can go back and listen to when we were really rubbish at the start, as opposed to now when we're just rubbish. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you can find us on social media, on Twitter, at Kent NL Podcast, on Facebook, search for Kent Nonley Podcast. Also get involved in the Kent Nonley Football Chat Group. Uh, lots of chat going on there about... Uh, various things uh, going on. I also got involved in a conversation in another Facebook group where someone said that the playoffs were wrong um, because the team who finished second didn't win promotion because they were, quote, the best team. And I just replied and said, if they were the best team, they'd have won the semi-final. And the playoffs, for me, are a fantastic invention and long may they continue. Uh, I'm on Twitter at JohnPhipps81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, thanks you to all of our guests for their time this week. Thank you to Matt for giving up some of his time. And of course, thank you to every single one of you for listening to this week's show. We couldn't and we wouldn't be doing it without you. Uh, I hope you all have a good week. Good luck to Bromley and Dartford. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast. I'd like to apologise to other Kent fans. I'm sorry, David, and get relegated. Get in there. <laughs>